speaking. From Memphis, Tennessee, it's Memphis Board Live. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Cerrito and Marcus Hunter. What it do? We are live from high atop Mount Mariah, down the hall from non-stop hip-hop here at Flynn Broadcasting. Welcome to the show. Marcus Hunter will join us here momentarily. I'm Kevin Cerrito, your host. On the other side of the glass, Johnny Radio, who's back from Tunica, Mississippi. Been there all weekend long for the Lynx and Laces Golf Tournament. Johnny, you survived. I flourished. And on the other side of the glass, uh, C.J. Hurt as well. Uh, big action-packed edition of MSL. Today we've got uh, my childhood hero. And your childhood hero, probably too. Jerry the King Lawler is going to join us live at 5.30 today to talk about, of course, his involvement at the Grizzlies game a couple of nights ago. He was at Game 3. We'll also talk to him uh, about a variety of other different topics, including uh, David Letterman's replacement. Because Jerry Lawler is one of the most famous David Letterman guests of all time. And uh, with his incident with Andy Kaufman... Uh, it was ranked in the top six by Rolling Stone, David Letterman interviews ever. So that makes Jerry Lawler, I guess, one of the top David Letterman guests of all time. He will join us at 5.30 today. Kevin Leip uh, from the Memphis Flyer joins us every week. He will join us to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. We've got Greg Akers, who joins us the last Saturday of every month. He will join us at 6.30, where we will debut a new segment with him. Of course, every month Greg Akers calls in to tell us what he currently recommends we should be watching on TV or at the movies. He'll do that. He'll also tell us why Nashville sucks. But also, we're starting a new uh, monthly feature with him where we will cast a sports star in a movie. We've done this a few times with Akers. We did it last month with John Calipari, but now this is an official new monthly feature we're going to do with him where we we pick a sports star and we cast them. If they're going to make a movie about this sports star, who's going to play the sports star on the big screen? And today's debut edition of Castaway is what we're calling it. The debut edition... Oh, that's nice. We will uh, be... <laughs> I think we've, we found our official sounder for that. The debut edition is uh, going to be Russell Westbrook. Who would play Russell Westbrook if they made a movie? Of course, I'm um, campaigning already for the baby from Dinosaurs, uh, baby Sinclair. There are a bunch of different options out there. We will we will debate that uh, today at 6.30 with Greg Akers, our new monthly segment, Castaway, where we cast, dif- cast different sports stars in the movies but there was a big night last night at FedEx Forum Memphis Tennessee and we're going to talk about it right now uh, with my regular co-host coming to you live from Jackson Mississippi it is Mr. Jackson Mississippi Marcus Hunter what's going on Marcus yo what's going on Torito uh, it was a a big uh, weekend. I know for you, we have we I, I don't know. If, can we talk about what you guys did at the Links and Laces Golf Tournament? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, we can talk about what I did there. I mean, I didn't do anything. I didn't get out of my hand too much. I mean, John, on the other hand, I'm, I'm not so sure that we can talk about everything that he uh, enjoyed while he was down there. It was it was a little a little crazy, right? 
um, you know, it, it was a little crazy, and um, I, I got to tell you, man, it was it was wonderful just being able to be around so many beautiful women, women that I would have no idea how to approach if I saw them in real life, walking down the street. I have no idea what to say to them. <laughs> I have no game. But see, John, you know, John, he was there chatting up with all of them, so I, I learned a few tips from Owen Harden while I was down there, so... I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, though. The, we're, of course, talking about the Lynx and Laces Golf Tournament, which happened in Tunica uh, all weekend uh, long this weekend. Uh, we were a proud sponsor of that. Uh, it'll be back again next year. It was a wild party from what I understand. Uh, Harden, uh, Johnny Radio said, you said it was the best golf tournament you've ever been a part of, right? In all honesty, it was... Um I mean, it's a wonderful event to be to be serious. And all different kinds of characters were down there. You had uh, you oh, yeah. this uh, businessman who brought his top three uh, like salesmen or whatever. They were down there playing in the golf tournament. And I mean, you had it's just it just a bunch of different people. You get to meet a bunch of uh, really nice guys. And there's also forty beautiful women. Uh, there's a bikini contest, but it, everything is just so classy because these are like uh, extremely classy women. And like Marcus said, you know, ninety nine percent of uh, everybody wouldn't even have a chance. But at least you get to talk around them and stand, you know, next to them, and they flirt with you because they want your vote. So it's always fun, and it's always nice to be around beautiful ladies. And then plus, the course was in amazing condition, and golf is flat out awesome. So perfect, perfect weekend. Oh yeah, it was a great weekend for the golf, and uh, you know Johnny, uh, Johnny's pretty good at golf, and uh, I, you know I actually didn't do so bad myself. All right, uh, all right. Yeah, no, Marcus did have a few nice shots. I, nobody cares about your personal uh, golf games, <laughs> but we just want to make sure they know that they oh, that they missed out on a great party if they did not go to Links and Laces. But it'll be back next year. So yeah, and whatever you do, make sure that you get your uh, team together and get ready for it because it's a it's the most fun weekend. And the guys that you meet out there, honestly, like there's this dude. Like, I mean, I got I made some real friends. Like right. these guys are some fun guys to hang out with. All right, very cool, uh, Marcus. Uh, you were at the game last night. Uh, I was sitting. You were sitting next to me and and Kevin Life. Actually, you got there late because you were at the golf tournament. You come to the, you come to the game uh, at the form late uh, late last night. The Grizzlies yeah. were losing when you arrived by twelve points to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I think at that time, if you would have said, "Hey, I'll offer you this deal," Grizzlies make it to overtime uh, with OKC, and then we'll see if they win. Will you take it now at the start of the fourth quarter? And I think every Grizzly fan in the building probably would have taken that deal because it was in that moment where people were starting to uh, feel nervous. They were uh, starting to get tired, obviously, because people had been drinking all day at all these festivals uh, in town. That Right at the start of the fourth quarter uh, last night in Game 4, uh, it didn't look too well. But then the Grizzlies turned it around in the fourth quarter, right when you arrived. Yeah, and then at the end of, at the, end of the fourth quarter, if you would have said, you know, the Grizzlies are going to go into overtime with Oklahoma City when about a minute left in the game, and you're a Grizzlies fan, you would have been disappointed. Right. Because they had a five-point lead, you know. I mean, they had a five-point lead, uh, and it seemed like the Grizzlies were assured to go home with another victory of OKC. But, I mean, they could not hit free throws down the stretch. And, I mean, Oklahoma City, you know, they just had tremendous play from Jackson. And um, it was a tough night for the Grizzlies because they played hard. You know how much they came into them. Very similar to a few years ago when they lost that uh, triple overtime thriller and uh, and went back to Oklahoma City tied in 2-2. So, but but I, I hope this particular game didn't really crush their spirits because it came out. It's a game. They played one of those uh, 
the Where are you at? Your phone is starting to break up. Are you on the road? Uh, yeah, I'm on the road. That was not that was not the real thunder. Was <laughs> were you there? So we can we can barely hear you, Marcus. All right, we're starting off with technical problems. Marcus is off the line right now. We'll see. Maybe we can reconnect with him. Apparently, he is he is uh, driving. He's busy these days doing this stuff on Saturday morning. But uh, game game or not? What day is today? Today's Sunday. Today is Sunday. Today's Sunday. Kind of messes you up, doesn't it? Yeah, he's busy every morning now in Jackson, Mississippi. Watch him on the ABC affiliate. Maybe we can get reconnected with Marcus. I don't know, but his with the storm going on and and the cell reception. I know it's not. You can hit some bad spots going down to Jackson, Mississippi. I know that. Um, yeah, you can't hit a bad spot in Tunica, though. <laughs> By the way, one other thing. I've never eaten that well either. The spread. I don't know that they make any money in this golf tournament. That's the best spread I've ever seen. Plus all the booze. Yeah, I know. You're, I've, you're the happiest I've ever seen you. But uh, let's as we go back to talk about last night's uh, ball in the fourth quarter, before the quarter started, yes, you take the deal. Uh, if you've got Monty Hall or whoever, uh, Wayne Brady hosts Let's Make a Deal now, and he comes out and says, all right, I, I got you this deal. Or, or who is it? No, it's Howie Mandel for Deal or No Deal, right? So the, the Deal or No Deal, he's got this briefcase. I got you this briefcase. I'm going to offer you. You walk away now. We'll give you overtime and see who wins. Uh, Grizzlies fans would have taken it. But then you jump forward just 11 basketball minutes, and you go to that last minute of the fourth quarter, it had completely changed. The crowd went from drunk to crunk, and it was pandemonium in that building. The Grizzlies should have won. They had a five-point lead. Tony Allen had a chance to win it uh, at the end and missed the bucket and sends this game to overtime. Uh, you So much working against the Grizzlies last night as far as officiating, and which is, gets frustrating uh, in, in so many different ways. You go to overtime. Um, and the Thunder, of course, pull away. And and it, what is just uh, crazy, if you look at this, uh, with Reggie Jackson, who's the, the leading scorer last night, he had more points than Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant combined. Combined. Are you, are you back with us, Marcus? Do we? Have, we're, Marcus is, is Marcus Hunter rejoining us? Marcus, you there? No, oh, he's he's back off and disconnected. Um. Thanks, no Marcus. offense to Marcus, yeah. but peace, man. See you next yeah. week. Yeah, thanks for being in a great cell area for your five o'clock call in. Um, <laughs> but uh, so so we end up going to overtime for the third straight game in a row in this playoff series, which is just uh, unheard of. Like this happens. Yeah, this happens uh, last night. Marcus says, uh, "You know, when was the last time?" that three consecutive playoff games with the same teams went to overtime. And I'm like, I don't know. And then two seconds later, I get a text from my girlfriend's like, when was the last time the three games went to overtime? It's like, I don't know. And then Kevin Leip turns to me and he's like, when was the last time three playoff teams played three overtime games, or two playoff teams played three overtime games in a row? And I'm like, I don't know. Did you not just hear me and Marcus talk about it? And he's like, no. But uh, so everybody was wondering that, uh, and I do think we have we have figured out those stats. CJ, um, if you could jump in and chime in on this, of course, three consecutive games. The Grizzlies' insane amount of overtimes right now. Uh, this is their fourth game of five games to go to overtime. 
uh, because their last game of the season against the Dallas Mavericks was in overtime. And now this is a third consecutive playoff uh, overtime game uh, in this series against the Thunder. When was the last time that happened? According to Stats LLC, it happened in 2009. The Celtics and the Bulls went three straight overtimes, and this is the second time since 1952 that a playoff series has gone three overtimes in a row. So it does not happen. The second, so the only other time since 1952 was Bulls Celtics. So what we got to do is make sure that we got Game Five to go and get four in a row, which I don't think happens very often. Uh, I, I, we don't know. Do we, is there a stat on that, CJ? Can we look that up? Four in a row. We're looking up and see if four in a row has ever happened. See if we can chase history uh, in Game Five coming up. Here's some. Some. I'm going to throw some stats right back at you, CJ, and the listeners. Um, about what's uh, with with the uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies and uh, and their playoffs with Oklahoma City. Well, I thought I had it pulled up here. Yeah, CJ and the listeners. What am I, chopped liver over here? And well, okay. And I could be a back. End. I could have just throw me some stats. Thing. Throw me some stats. No. <laughs> all right, we're going into Game Five. Of course, it's Tuesday night in Oklahoma City. Memphis is three and two all time in Game Fives. So, not the best record in Game 5s, but you know what their record is in Game 6s, CJ? Record in Game 6s. It's got to be 4-0. Yeah, Grizzlies undefeated in Game 6s. Game 6, now official because of the loss, will happen on Thursday night in Memphis, Tennessee. Question, of course, now is whether or not that game will, um, what time it will be at. We have no idea what time time or channel it will be on on Thursday night, but it will be on Thursday night. Uh, that will happen. That's one thing. A benefit from the loss is you lose this game. You get it. You get for sure a game six in Memphis, Tennessee, and they're undefeated in game six. It's got to keep that stat alive. What was the question? There was no question. I just... I thought y'all wanted to say something. Oh, we were over here arguing because I said, man, we could have been up 3-1. to one. And then he's like, yeah, but you could have been swept. And I'm like, man, you're a jerk. Could have been. Could have been swept. Well, you know, I did for the Grizzlies to lose in six games. So that will be their first game six losses that happened. Oh, oh, Marcus is back with us. Where did... Yeah. <laughs> With really, really good news. Thanks okay, well, does it, does this affect your prediction at all, Marcus? It doesn't affect mine at all. I think the Grizzlies can still win this series. I think they can win it in six. They could win it in seven. Uh, it, it actually does not affect my decision because, you know, I think that Oklahoma City is going to go back home and win game five. And, uh, you know, I think it's unfortunate, but I really think that loss, they have taken a little more out of the Grizzlies than, than I mean, it's just a tough team or resilient team. But if Oklahoma City can win a basketball game against Memphis, and their two stars go for a combined 30 points, then that's got to give OKC a little confidence and it has to hurt the Grizzlies a little bit just to know they gave that great of a defensive effort and they still weren't able to win the game. Well, they were able to win because Reggie Jackson had his best game of his career. So that's not going to happen every game. No, it's not going to happen every game, but it's just one of those, those, those things where, you know, I mean, you fight so hard and then somebody from somewhere else comes and, you know, takes you down. Now, I believe this team is very resilient, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they go to Oklahoma City and win game five, because this is what this team has done all year. I mean, they've been kicked, they've been knocked down, and they've bounced back. I mean, just when people thought they were out of the playoffs, they're back in the playoffs. And folks thought, you know, that they weren't going to be able to get everything together, you know, from a coaching standpoint and a 
playing at a chemistry standpoint and a rotation standpoint, they were finally able to get it done. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Memphis Grizzlies went on to win the series. I just think that with that loss, it just, it just makes it that much tougher. It when makes it a yeah, well, it makes it a little bit tougher. I don't know if it makes it that much tougher, right? They they've got one more home game left. They just got to win another one in Oklahoma City. They did that uh, easily, easily earlier in the week. Yeah, but you're playing a team, and I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Oklahoma City on paper is a better basketball team than Memphis on paper. Memphis they play harder, they play tougher, and that's why the Grizzlies have been able to break and grind out two wins in the series. So the longer a series goes, when you're playing a team that on paper is better than you, the tougher it's going to be for you to be able to beat that team. You know, I mean, it's just... I mean, All right, well, they they keep slowing but, down Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. Do you think now Reggie Jackson's going to start dropping 32 every game? No, I don't think that's going to happen, but I mean... Do you, really do you think, think Memphis to, is not a... I mean, I think Memphis is a horrible matchup for Oklahoma City. Oh, they definitely are. I'm just worried about... I'm just worried that they won't be able to contain Westbrook and Kevin Durant like that. I mean, I mean, last night was, I don't think any team in the NBA has been able to do that all year. With, with Memphis and Oklahoma City, and they still lost the game. Okay, but but that Reggie Jackson had the game of his career, which probably will not happen again. And, and still, I don't think Oklahoma City knows what to do necessarily to beat the Grizzlies. They did it last night in overtime, and because Reggie Jackson had the game of his career, and he had more points than Westbrook and Durant combined. But when Westbrook had 30 points the other night, and when Durant had 30 points the other night, and I'm talking about Game 3, both of them combined for 60 points in Game 3, and they still lost that ball game Because they get nobody else involved. So they have to have their bench step up, and the question is, can the bench continue to step up? And uh, sixty points, Marcus. They the two stars on OKC combined for sixty points, and they lost the game. Then they combined for thirty points, and they win the game. I mean, you know, again, you know, seriously, these two teams. I mean, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's always close. These, these games are always going overtime. It's a very even series. You can flip a coin and decide which one of these teams is going to win. Uh, and I think it's because they're that evenly matched. Oklahoma City can can do things that Memphis can't do and things that Memphis can't defend and vice versa. But I think that they're so evenly matched that that's why we get these games. That's why we have the three straight overtime games. That I think that and I'm just worried that in the end, because Oklahoma City has the more talented individual players, when you get these close games and these close series, talent always plays out. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll find out. I mean, we'll. I mean, we we will find out. I'm just saying, like, you think you still think Grizzlies uh, lose the series in six? I have. I mean, it's just tough to call this series at this point. I think the Grizzlies could come out, uh, you know, shooting on all cylinders and dominating Tuesday night and, and winning that ball game, and then coming back and easily closing it out Thursday night in Memphis. I think that's a possibility. I think it's a possibility they lose and they come back, dominate in Memphis, and then go to Oklahoma City and win that game seven. At this point, I. It, it can go any any way. Everybody's that we're exchanging home losses and, and road losses. Um, it, it can go anyway. So I, I'm excited about that. But we got to turn our attention real quick, Marcus, before I let you go um, or your phone disconnects. I did want to talk to you about two other things because I was not expecting to start uh, this week's show talking about uh, two different owners in the NBA. And first, we'll start uh, with our own former owner, Michael Heisley, who was announced uh, yesterday afternoon, right before tip-off, that, that he had passed away. A very a very sad story, um, our thoughts, of course, with, with, with Heisley, uh, Heisley's family, because this is the guy 
who who he's the guy who brought an NBA team to Memphis, brought the professional team to Memphis, and a city starved for a professional team. And without him, there would be no Grizzlies in Memphis, Tennessee. He made that decision to bring the Grizzlies here. Yeah, uh, he made the decision to bring the team here, and uh, I mean it was a great—it's uh, a great thing for the city of Memphis. Uh, I mean, look how much the, you know the Grizzlies have meant to that city. Uh, what FedEx Forum has meant to the city, and uh, what and how the basketball team, like the Grizzlies, has been able to uh, bring the city together on so many. Uh, different levels than Michael Heisman for everything, uh, you know, for every, everything that he wasn't. When you know there was talk about him being cheap and not wanting to put money into the team to help build a champion, uh, a winner. Um, under his uh, under his leadership, the Grizzlies had you know some of their best years, and you know since they became a franchise in Vancouver, those three years in a row where they missed the playoffs, and then the final few years where they got their first playoff win, first playoff series win. And Heisley's the one who had that three-year plan. And when they made that trade and traded away Paul Gasol, he had his three-year plan to build a championship contender. And that plan, you know, was seen through, and the Grizzlies did have a championship contender. So not only did he bring an NBA franchise to the city, he brought an NBA franchise that he was dedicated to help build into a winner, and he was able to do that. And so the city of Memphis should definitely be uh, in his gratitude for everything that he was able to do. Uh, four members in the organization. It, I, I mean, it's so sad because during most of the time when he was in power, he was owning this team. Uh, he was, you know, uh, getting he would get criticized a lot. You're drafting Hashim to beat, or or again the the pal trade at that point. Uh, some decisions that he was oh, the the man in charge. He was the man in charge with a lot of this stuff. But eventually, it ended up that his his little wacky three year plan idea ended up working, and the hiring of Chris Wallace and bringing in Tony Allen, the the things that he oversaw as the owner of this team ended up coming together. And unfortunately, he didn't really get to enjoy all the reward from it. And right after selling the team, he has that that stroke, uh, and he was coming. He was coming to games all the time. He was buying tickets, sitting courtside after he sold the team. He was at more games after he sold the team. It seemed like than he than he was when he actually owned it. He was he was starting to have fun, embrace this team, and and, and still 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 love it like his own. And and then of course, unfortunately, the strike in fe- in February of last the, the the stroke in February of last year. And uh, he just never recovered from that, and it's just very unfortunate because he really, he would probably be so happy to enjoy this moment and would have loved uh, the playoff. I don't know how much he got to to see or understand of what happened last year to what happened this year. Like this was finally the reward paying off for him, and uh, he's been suffering with this. Yeah, and, and like you said, very unfortunate, and um, you know. Obviously, the Grizzlies should uh, do something really nice and really special to uh, to, uh, to help honor him and uh, you know carry on his name uh, throughout the organization. I don't know what that will be or right. what that should be, but I'm sure the organization uh, will be doing something. You know, whether it's uh, you know naming part of the building after him or whatever. You know, you know there's something the organization should do uh, for Michael Heisley and his family. You know, just to show it's... their appreciation for everything he's done. And it's not necessarily what he did for the organization, but it's what he he did do for the city. But he, yeah. he moved them to, to Memphis. It was, it was his call, and, and without him, there'd be no pro basketball in this city. Seventy-seven years old, uh, Michael Heisley will be missed. But of course, the other. Hey, 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 Kevin, you know what else he did? He what? hired Lionel Holland. <laughs> 
He did for and he <laughs> and he uh, offered a, a lot of Hollins a, a cheap renewal on his contract and he's here and stuff. Um, but uh, the other big story with Adam Silver, the commissioner, the new commissioner in town, uh, and doing a press conference about another owner of the the team that the Grizzlies fans hate the most, and now apparently the rest of America is going to start hating. Uh, Donald Sterling completely under fire now for his racist remarks. We have this, uh, today. I don't know if Marcus, you've been able to see this, but at the start oh, yeah. of, the, of the Golden State game today, the. Clippers come out uh, wearing their their warm ups inside out. They throw their jackets on the middle of the court, and they're they're wearing their their, their warm up shirts completely in, inside out while they warm up for the basketball game. It's a sign of protest, and there are signs in the building uh, today for this game where we got one fan holding up a a black fan holding up a sign saying "I'm black" with an arrow pointing them down to him, and he's sitting next to his friend who's got a sign he's holding up saying "I brought a black guy to the game." So uh, there's it's already gaining heat from from crowds in in in, in Oakland, which Oakland's got a great you know their crowd is they great to res, to respond to stuff like the Grindhouse, but um, so it's already it's it's gaining like what should the Clippers do? Uh, what should the NBA do? Uh, and obviously the fans are are doing what they're doing already now in Oakland. What are what are your yeah. thoughts on this whole thing? It's such a complicated issue. I mean, you know. What I think the Clippers should do, I think the Clippers should, uh, uh, when they wear jerseys, wear jerseys and they have their numbers in their name, but uh, don't represent the uh, the Clipper name because you know that helps the owner and uh, the money that he's making. Uh, I, I know it would be difficult to do, but I think fans should boycott going to the game, playoff game. Now, yeah, it'll hurt the team because they won't have fans and then the cheer for them. See, I hate that because it hurts the team, the guys who work so hard. Exactly, but when you buy those tickets, I mean, you're also supporting the owner. And so, you know, so it's a very thin line right there, but it's something that has to be done. I mean, there, there definitely has to be a suspension, uh, whether it's uh, the, the remainder of the playoffs. He just has to go. Yeah, or he, exactly, or he just has to go. I mean, because I, I think across the league and across the country, uh, people who are hearing this, uh, you know, they're just thinking that there's no way in this day and age that there's going to be an owner uh, in the NBA who – who thinks of minorities in this matter, but yet you have minorities working in your organization who are the reasons for you making a lot of the money that you're making. So it, it, it's very unfortunate that that, that, that has come out, and um, I believe that he should be suspended and uh, eventually lose his team because, I mean, apparently from, from all the reports I've heard, this is not something that's new. This is not something that's happened. It's one isolated time. This is a pattern of this kind of behavior, and uh, if there is this kind of pattern of behavior like this, then the league needs to uh, take take a stand on this. Oh, it's 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 definitely a, a pattern of behavior, which is weird because the the. Uh, that uh, he hasn't really, uh, from my understanding, been been disciplined for it uh, anything before. It's it's a unique situation because it's private recordings. TMZ, of course, the NBA. I think Silver was kind of weaseling his way out of having to comment on it while commenting on it yesterday in Memphis because because TMZ is not going to release audio that's not going that's going to be like fake. I mean, that's real. They've done their investigation before they release it. They've got their their lawyers. They know what they're doing. TMZ is a legitimate news outlet now whether you like the idea of paparazzi or not. 
the bigger thing here is the fact that he's not out just screaming and ranting and raving. That's that's not my voice. And he didn't even say that. Yeah, he's not even saying that. So I don't think that's an issue. I think uh, right. He, if he's not even coming out saying that. I think Silver kind of dodged the issue and is still trying to figure out what to do. And I'm fine with that because they do need time. This is a unique situation where they'll need some time to figure out what do we do. This guy owns the team. You can't. You don't, don't want to punish the fans. You don't want to punish the players. And at the same time, the guy, he owns the team. It, this is such a mess. I don't even know what. It is a mess. So what insane. do they do? They suspend the, suspend the owner. And what does a suspension of an owner mean? It means that he can't go to the uh, games to be a hit. But, I mean, that's about it. He still don't make his money. He just can't be a part of. He just can't show up. But then he sells the team eventually. He's going to make money off of that and make probably more money than it, definitely more money considering how much the Grizzlies were sold for and um, all these other teams have been getting sold for. Uh, he's going to make more money than he probably paid for the team. Um, it's, it, it, it is a complete mess and, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how, how it plays out. Hopefully Silver was dodging those questions in his press conference because um, he's still trying to figure out what to do, uh, because I don't I don't think it was right for, for him the way he he dodged some of it. They say they have to investigate something. The TMZ yeah, is released. Yeah, what's there to investigate? I mean, I mean, I guess you want to hear the the context of it because we've only heard snippets. Well, um, now, well, 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 apparently today, uh, five additional minutes of audio has uh, been released. Right on that conversation. And uh, and it's even more damning than the original the original uh, comments that were released. So uh, I, you know, I don't know how long Silva's going to be able to dodge this. Uh, he's going to have. I mean, this is his first really, really big uh, thing he's had to deal with as commissioner, and it's going to be very interesting to see how he how he, how, how he handles this. Mm-hmm. I mean, because now he's the new guy. You know, they want to. You know, everybody wants to do what the new guy can do and how the new guy performs, and this is the first big task. So, what is the new guy going to do? And his initial press conference and dodging it was not a good look for him in that role. Like tackling an issue and to get up there and dot, kind of kind of dodge the question wasn't really a good look, right? And especially when. Uh, yesterday, uh, you had T- the TNT crew and, and uh, Ernie Johnson and all those guys just going at it, saying there's no place in the league for him. And you know they weren't they weren't pulling any punches. They were coming out and they were selling, saying what they thought and uh, about the issue and not trying to say, well, let's see for more stuff to come out. So yeah, the new st- the new extended tapes are out. You can listen to them with Deadspin. So all right, Marcus, we gotta let you go. Uh, we got the King coming up next. So I appreciate. It. We'll talk to you on Saturday. We'll be back next Saturday. All right, cool, man. Talk to you then. All right, that's Marcus Hunter of uh, ABC News in Jackson, Mississippi. All right, uh, got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Jerry the King Lawler. You're listening to MSL on Sports 86 and 87.7 FM. Keep it real for over 20 years. We are Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Memphis Sport Live. Here once again are your hosts, Kevin Cerrito and Marcus Hunter. GK was on the radio. WHBQ. We bought the latest 45s. All right, welcome back to MSL. 
special Sunday night edition. So they got Sunday night football is called they are, they shorten that to SNF, right? Sunday night football. So it's a Sunday night MSL. So it's SNMSL. SNMSL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for making us a part of your weekend. Still to come, uh, we have Kevin Light from Memphis Flyer. We'll talk a lot about the Grizzlies, of course. Grizzlies Thunder going on. Uh, still, seven-game series, Grizzlies Thunder. Um, we'll have uh, Kevin Light on the program and Greg Akers with his monthly appearance as well. Uh, we're on with you till 7 p.m. This evening, of course, if you haven't missed a portion of the show, you can catch the podcast, memphisport.com, or for free on iTunes, you can subscribe uh, to the program. You can also catch my other podcast, well, for the I Love Memphis podcast, a new episode of that will be dropping soon. Johnny, we got to get on that this week. The oh, new, yeah, yeah, Tuesday, huh? Mm-hmm. The new I Love Memphis podcast will drop later this week. Current episodes online now with Joe Birch and uh, the guys over at uh, Andrew Michael's uh, Italian Kitchen and Hog and Hominy. That's really good. I host that with Holly. So check that. I love MemphisPodcast.com. If you want to subscribe to that, you can also do that for free on iTunes. Uh, upcoming appearances by myself. Of course, I got trivia every Wednesday and Thursday night. Wednesdays at Tampa Tap, Thursdays at the Green Beetle. This week's trivia theme is Redneck Trivia. Redneck Trivia. So there will be some questions about um, football, beer, maybe some country music. Of course, a little wrestling, maybe. Uh, that's coming up. Check uh, Facebook.com slash Cerrito Trivia for that information. But uh, our next guest joining us now, he is a Memphis icon. He is a WWE Hall of Famer. He is Jerry the King Lawler. What's going on, King? Everything's good. How are you guys doing? How are you doing? It's been a... It's been another big week for you uh, as far as the the, Grizz, the Grizzlies are concerned. They they always win when you show up. Uh, and they, they did again in Game 3. You came out um, to attack Dangerous Doug Gilbert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dangerous Doug Gilbert with the worst, uh, the cheesiest-looking Oklahoma City Thunder T-shirt or jersey or whatever that was I've ever seen wearing. Um and yeah, and he claimed that he had come all the way down to Memphis from Oklahoma City, which he said was the greatest city on earth. And uh, and he's looking for the king. Well, uh, of course, Grizz was there in one of my in one of my uh, wrestling outfits, and he he had been uh, apparently coming out for weeks to different wrestlers' theme songs. He had come out that night to mine, and so then uh, you know I just happened to be there to watch the game, and uh, so I had to go out and. <laughs> Uh, not necessarily save Grizz. I'm sure he could hold his own, but uh, you know, I did uh, deliver a deliver a chair shot to the back of that uh, Doug Gilbert, who's claiming to be an Oklahoma City fan. And of course, everybody got fired up, and the Grizzlies went on to win in overtime. So uh, I do feel sort of like a lucky charm. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. It, it was a fun scene. So he, Grizz was wearing that was actually your wrestling outfit he was wearing. That was actually one of my wrestling outfits. Yeah, so had, it looked good on him. It fit him well, and uh, he kept. Kept asking me in the back, where can I get one of these? Where can I buy this? Look, look how buff it makes me look. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Grizz came out to, to your music, your entrance, uh, and then you, and you saved Doug Gilbert, of course. Uh, for those who 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 don't know, so Doug Gilbert, like his his history of you, not as big as his brother's was, because I just remember at one point uh, Eddie Gilbert getting it, his brother Eddie Gilbert getting in a car and running you over in the TV five parking lot. 
Yeah, well, uh, Doug, Doug was in the car as well. Doug was actually the guy that was sitting in the car waiting, holding it in a waiting, holding pattern there for Eddie to come out, and then uh, Eddie got behind the wheel. And, and you're right, they, they ran over me, uh, knocked me up over the top of the hood of the car, into the windshield, broke the windshield, almost broke my hip, dislocated my hip, and I went over the top of the car and onto the uh, back onto the pavement as they drove away. And I understand, I heard later on that Eddie looked over at Doug and said, do you think we hurt him? And he, I guess Doug said back to him, I think you killed him. But uh, uh, anyway, I had to go to the emergency room. And the funny thing, if you remember, of course, the police precinct, the, the police station right across the street from the Channel 5 uh, parking lot. And I guess a lot of people sitting home watching on TV called the police. And so there was just a hit and run right in the parking lot across your across the street from your station there. <laughs> so you do have a history with with Doug Gilbert. He added uh, a, a little bit uh, to that at, at Game Three. Of course, later on in the night, you come back out. Was this planned when you first or decided to come? Was that originally planned that you were going to come back out again later on in the evening? Well, they they asked me if uh, they asked me if I would mind uh, sticking around to the fourth quarter and seeing how everything was going. They said we might need you to go out and get them fired up again. So uh, that's why I was still there. And and whose idea was the yes chant? Well, you know what? It just happened. Uh, I was I was actually uh, I think I was doing a Grizz chant, and it turned into a yes chant. Which that uh, Daniel Bryan yes chant is just really. I mean, it's like swept the nation. It's it's uh, amazing. Like we were. At, WrestleMania in, in, in the uh, Superdome in New Orleans, and we see suddenly look up and see 75,000 people, you know, with both arms in the air just chanting, yes, 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 nonstop. And so uh, it's, it's happening everywhere the WWE goes, and it just, it just, uh, it seemed a natural. I mean, you know, that, that chant can apply to anything. I think it would be a great thing for the, for the uh, Grizzly fans to get started. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Jerry the King Lawler is joining us. That yes chant, is, uh, it transcends sports now. It transcends, I mean, into sports, into wrestling. Everywhere you go, uh, you can maybe see somebody chanting yes, yes, yes. Is there any other chant you've seen in your in your wrestling career that has come close to being something like that? Uh, it's the only thing that uh, I've seen is is the one that I share with Jerry Springer. Is the uh, Jerry Jerry? You know, right. so that, that at one time has, has been has been uh, really popular too. Yeah, that's true. If you go to if you go to a Memphis show, the Jerry chant is uh, just as big as the Yes chant for sure. Um, um, also, uh, real quick, uh, speaking of the whole Grizz comes out with his entrances things, he was doing he did a bunch of different other entrances uh, before uh, it culminated with with doing the the King entrance in, in Game Three. Or what wrestling entrance do you think is has the the best of all time? What wrestler has the best entrance of all time? Oh man, uh, to me, to me, the Undertaker's entrance has always been the most unique, the most awe inspiring. It probably takes the longest time. And uh, just as people mesmerized, you know, with the, the lightning, the thunder, the lights going out, and uh, all the smoke and the fog and that sort of thing. And, and then, of course, when The Undertaker gets to the ring, he raises his hands and the lights come back up. I think, I think The Undertaker's uh, is, is probably the top. Stone Cold Steve Austin always had good interest. When you hear that, the, when you used to hear the glass breaking and then uh, Steve Austin's music, you know, he would always he would have all kinds of different ways to come to the ring, um, but but his his entrance and and then the Rock, I mean you know and Hulk Hogan's there's so, so many different entrances that have been uh, that have been really really 
popular over the years, but I would have to say number one would be The Undertaker. Yeah, three of those you said Gris has done at the games uh, yet to do The Undertaker. I'm all for The Undertaker, so I'm guessing you're endorsing that as well, is that if he comes back out again as another wrestler, he needs to come out and do an Undertaker entrance. Yeah, I think the only problem, you know, you only have a limited amount of time when he goes out and does those. those I think the Undertaker's entrance would be too long. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they were if when when uh, I was getting ready to hit Doug Gilbert with the chair, the guy was saying, "Speed it up, speed it up." So, <laughs> <laughs> right. We were about out of time, I guess, in the, in that uh, in the quarter. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler is joining us. Of course, you will not. You were not at Game Four, and the Grizzlies lost. Well, you know, I had to leave immediately. Uh, I was booked, uh, so my girlfriend and I flew out the, the following morning to Chicago, which is we're back at the Chicago airport right now. I had three days at the um, Chicago Comic Convention, or the C2E2, which was a huge thing here in Chicago. Uh, I think they say close to 100,000 people attended this thing over the three-day period. And so uh, we were here signing autographs and doing some artwork and all of that sort of thing. And yeah, we went last night after the um, after the show closed. We went to Toby Keith's Bar and Grill and sat and watched the uh, almost the entire game. And then, of course, you know, just watched the overtime and just were cheering. It was it was so funny. Everybody else at the Bar and Grill was watching hockey. You know, there's a big Chicago Blackhawks in mm-hmm. here. Everybody was watching hockey. I made them put a TV on the. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies game, and then uh, so my girlfriend and I, I think, were the only ones paying attention to that game. Yelling. Yeah, we were yelling and jumping up and down and screaming, and uh, but then of course it didn't turn out well as as the overtime did uh, in in uh, Oklahoma City. Right, uh, you you weren't you weren't at the game, but uh, last night they did have a, a little wrestling shout out that happened in the game. The, the DJ at FedEx Forum, name's Justin Baker, big longtime Memphis wrestling fan as most of us are in, in the Bluff City. But later on, in, late in the fourth quarter, there was a moment where they played a familiar tune. Here it is, King. Let me see if you can you can uh, recognize this familiar tune they played. Okay. <laughs> I know you. Which, uh, I know you know what it is. Of course, that was the old uh, Channel Thirteen back when we were on WHBQ uh, wrestling uh, jingle and theme song there. And uh, I mean, you know, that was uh, that was the really the song that everybody grew up on. You know, right after that, you'd hear Lance Russell and Dave Brown right there at ringside, and <clears throat> that's some great historic music. So it, it is now being played at Grizzlies games as of as of uh, Game Four last night. Uh, uh, today, this is interesting. I saw this earlier. Our, our buddy Scott Bowden, who used to be your manager, and uh, he's been on the, on this show before, uh, tweeted today's the 28th anniversary of you losing the hair match with Austin Idol. Oh my gosh, I still have nightmares about that. <laughs> <laughs> and what uh, <laughs> and what was crazy about it? If you think about it, it was the end of you are undefeated in hair matches, right? And that happened 28 years ago today. Just a few weeks ago, the Undertaker streak ended at WrestleMania. Both streaks were ended by Paul Heyman being in the corner of the the wrestler. Yep, that's true. Uh, Paul Heyman is just, uh, he's been a thorn in a lot of people's side over the years. And somehow, some way, I wish we could get rid of that guy. Just get him completely out of wrestling. <laughs> but uh, how, sh- how shocked were you personally that the Undertaker lost to WrestleMania? 
Well, I was really shocked, just like all the 75,000 people that were there in attendance were shocked. It was like a, I said it, I said it on the air, it was like a kick in the gut. Um, and then, and then the Undertaker was really, he was severely injured in that match. As soon as he got through the curtain, they said he just collapsed. They rushed him to the hospital in an ambulance. He was so, he was hurt so bad that Vince McMahon even got up from WrestleMania and went to the hospital in the ambulance with the Undertaker. And they, the first word we got back was they had broken neck broken vertebrae in his neck but that turned out to be not the case after checking him out but uh we still uh, nobody's still heard from him since oh wow yeah he hasn't he has not made an appearance since losing a, a, a wrestlemania uh, jerry the king lawler is uh, joining us before we let you go king uh, i did want to get your thoughts on david letterman retiring uh because without question you are one of the most famous guests in the history of his talk show uh with with you and andy kaufman and um what what are your thoughts on the end of of David Letterman's talk show career and your impact that you had on it? Well, you know, Andy and I, our, our interview was on the very one of the first David Letterman shows. I mean, it was in the first season of his late night show, and uh, they just Rolling Stone magazine just did an article about the top six iconic interviews in the history of the 15 years of David Letterman so which in, I'm sure he had thousands of interviews they picked out the top six and they had Andy Kaufman and I in as, as the number two uh, top interview in the history of that show so I'm looking forward to maybe uh, I would think if, if anybody's got any uh, um, you know sense at all I would think that they would invite me back on the show at some point during this last year and talk about that. Uh, talk about that historic, historic interview there. You know that we that we had on the show. I know if Andy were still around, he'd have us both on. But uh, we'll just see if he'll, he he may be afraid that I'll slap him as a going away present. <laughs> that would that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, of course, the replacement for David Letterman is Stephen Colbert. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm a I'm a fan. I like Stephen Colbert. I just don't know. You know, I've 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 seen him do his own show. I don't know how he'll be with with guests and uh, or, or how how quick witted he'll be. But I'm I'm a I'm a Colbert fan, so I'll I'll definitely I'll definitely give him a, a chance. I'll, I'll I'll check him out. Are you a, a bigger a Colbert fan or Mama's Family fan? <laughs> well, my 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 girlfriend Lauren is a huge Mama's Family fan. As a matter of fact, we uh, we went to see. Uh, we went to see Mama herself there, Vicki Lawrence, when she was at at the uh, Horseshoe. Was it Horseshoe? Man? Horseshoe Casino? What? At Resorts Casino. Yeah, she was at Resorts Casino recently, and uh, uh, we, we got to go backstage and meet her. And my girlfriend is, uh, uh, of course, a grown woman, 25 years old, and she broke down and cried like a baby when she <laughs> meet Vicki Lawrence. <laughs> wow, this is pretty cool. But. Uh, I think I'm probably uh, a bigger Letterman <laughs> fan than I am a Mama's Family fan. Well, However, I, we do have all the DVDs. <laughs> I noticed that you went because in Memphis, you uh, uh, at least when I was growing up, you grew you grew up with Saturday morning wrestling, Jerry the King Lawler, but also like a Fox on on Channel 13 at night, it was always Mama's Family. So uh, oh, yeah, before Mama's you went to bed, huge. Big big ratings in Memphis. All right, all right, King. Well, we appreciate you uh, you joining us. I know I know you're busy there uh, in Chicago, and uh, hopefully we will catch up. Hopefully we'll see you at another Grizzlies game soon, and we'll catch up with you uh, soon after that. Sounds great, guys. All right, thank. I, I, I appreciate you having me on. All right, thanks, King. Okay, thanks. All right, that's Jerry the King Lawler. Of course, you can go to his uh, museum, Resorts Casino.
uh, where he saw Vicki Lawrence from Bamba's family. Uh, you can go to his museum. I finally saw that uh, recently. Awesome, awesome, um, awesome thing if you're a Memphis wrestling fan, the Jerry the King Lawler Museum down there at Resorts in Tunic. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout and be back. You're listening to MSL on Sports 56, 87.7 FM. We are Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Take us anywhere you go. Download the Sports 56 app for your smartphone or tablet. Only from Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Welcome back to Memphis Sport Live. Here once again are your hosts, Kevin Cerrito and Marcus Hunter. All right, welcome back to MSL. We were just joined by Jerry the King Lawler. Fun interview uh, with him talking about uh, David Letterman, Mama's family, the Grizzlies, and more. So if you missed that, of course, podcast, MemphisSport.com, as always. Kevin Leib's joining us in a few minutes, and uh, Greg Akers coming up in the second hour. This is a special uh, Sunday night edition of MSL. We'll be back on our regular time next week from uh, 11 to 1 on Saturdays. And speaking of next week's show... We have a big show next week because this is going to be the third or fourth annual. I've lost count. I think it's the fourth annual. Yeah, the fourth annual time that we're going to be doing this. It's one of my favorite things we do on this show. It's when we bring in our buddy Rick Trotter from the Grizzlies and we play Have a Rick Trotter Say Whatever You Like. And we're going to do that uh, next week. And six-one guard from Georgetown, number three, Allen Iverson. <laughs> ice cold, ice cold. All right, those are two samples right there of Rick Trotter saying whatever you like. So here's how it works. Rick Trotter, the PA announcer of the Grizzlies, will be in studio, and you can call in and request whatever you want uh, Rick Trotter to say. Those are some examples from the past years. I'm sure we got a couple more, Johnny. Let's hear something else. What else has uh, Rick Trotter said? when we, we he's, on, he's on. It's Rick Trotter on demand. Macaroni and cheese. It's the cheesiest. <laughs> so... It's a total uh, Rick Trotter request live. Uh, we'll open up the phone line, so be thinking this week on what you want uh, Rick Trotter to say. And you know my favorite, don't you? Yeah, what, what, I'm pretty sure I know your favorite. What was, what was your favorite? This is what Johnny Radio had had Rick Trotter uh, say last year. From last year, man. Can you believe it? I've been with you for a year. <laughs> for the ladies, Johnny Radio, P-I-M-P. <laughs> Oh. He said that was some of his best work. Yeah, so <laughs> these are these are samples of uh, of of what we've done in the past. But it's called "Have Rick Trotter Say Whatever You Like," and that's how that's it's, it's as simple as that. You can have Rick Trotter say whatever you like. I'll be bringing my list, Johnny. I know we'll have uh, some other uh, things he wants, CJ as well. Uh, so think on that, and you make your phone call next week on MSL when we come back. He is the Grizzlies writer for the Memphis Flyer. He is Kevin Leipe. He joins us every week. He will join us uh, next on this program. Give us another Rick Trotter. Uh, have, would we have anything else? Let's. What else have we had Rick Trotter say? And down the stretch they come. Oh, yeah. Ooh, a little horse racing action. Yeah, next Saturday is uh, Kentucky Derby Saturday as well. Music fest going on, too. All right, but we'll be right back. we got an hour to go. You'll see us on Sports 86 and 87.7 FM.
Ariel Chalmers from downtown for the tie. The voice of the fan. Sports 56 WHBQ Memphis. Fan 87.7 FM WPGFLP Memphis. A Flynn Broadcasting Station.